Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back to the Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, Managing Partner and CEO of Cordell & Cordell. And we're here to bring you the podcast for information uh, for all issues that affect divorce. So you can find out more information on our YouTube channel. It's filled with virtual town halls and podcasts. And if you haven't yet subscribed, go to Apple iTunes. You can subscribe to this podcast and get notified when we have a new one that drops as well. Or you can go to the website at cordellcordell.com. You can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW. Schedule a consult right there on the website. Don't even need to pick up the phone. You can do that in every office across the country. So today we're going to talk a lot about custody. Uh, I often talk about how there's no winners in divorce and particularly custody matters. It's degrees of losing, perhaps, because you're always winding up with something less. And we're joined by Daniel up in New York. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Um, and it's it's very true what you say that uh, when we're talking about any kind of a divorce or that, that involves a custody dispute, uh, there, there really only are degrees of losing. And like you said, even, even in a best case scenario, you know, you're talking about having half of the time with your child that you used to have. And I think you're right. It's one of those topics that I think lawyers tend to not address at the beginning of, of the case, even in a consultation, setting the expectations, setting kind of what, I mean, we do this every day and we see, uh, I've told clients, I think I've seen it all and uh, I wouldn't be shocked at pretty much anything, but I think it is, don't you agree to have that uh, expectation delivered right in the front about what is there really a winner in custody is ever, right? Exactly. And I, when I speak with my clients and I always encourage them, even if, uh, like you said, in an, in, a, in, a, in an initial consult, even if they're going to talk to other attorneys, I always want them to ask the questions of what is it that you believe to be true about the other party? What is it that you believe you can prove? And what is it going to take to prove those things? So mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to think, and I'm, I'm sure you don't either, that if there are real dangers, real threats from the other parents uh, that, that truly threaten the health and safety and welfare of the child, of course, we fight. We fight until the last breath to make sure that none of that ever befalls our children. However, when what it is that we're trying to prove is I think I'm the better parent mm-hmm. and I think our child would be better off with me more of the time. What is it that we have to prove in order to get there? And going about proving that, does that cause more harm than good? Yeah. And it is, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that clients may tend to overlook is we talk about being litigious and, and as you suggest, trying to prove I'm better than, than the other person is. And the courts are going to look at that. They're going to look at the kind of the basis for your arguments, whether there's legitimacy in your arguments, the pettiness of arguments, the acrimonious nature of the case, and consider that, won't they, when they're thinking about custody, you know, whether or not there's veracity in your argument, right? Right, exactly. Whether or not what you're saying is true, courts will look to, it's almost an equal consideration, courts will look to the ability of the parents to be able to reach agreements just as much as they will to say, 
who is the better parent and who is more prepared for school and things like that, they'll say, the two of you can't even come to an agreement on where the child will be having dinner Saturday night. How can we expect you to come to an agreement in the event of an emergency? And now we're talking about more than just losing one or two nights a week of visitation. We're talking about losing legal custody of your child. And we go from a joint legal custody relationship to a sole legal custody relationship. There's so much, I mean, it calls for, we've talked about this in many podcasts and virtual town halls and seminars that we hold for clients or or for for people in, you know, in person. And that is a strategy about custody. It's you can, there are lawyers and I know I've been across those and against them where they, they throw every single piece that they can think of mud against the wall and let's just see what sticks, but there there's ramifications for that. Right. And when you think about it, Judges will look at that and say, okay, I mean, you're just picking little things that may make no difference. Because I I think what's important to understand is just like what I mentioned that you and I have seen a lot is it's so judges and they're going to kind of know what they think is important. And then, you know, dragging the other person through the mud, it's got to have a negative effect, perhaps, if you can't really prove the, the substantial impact because the standard of a best interest standard is in play, right? Correct. So every, nearly every court, uh, you know, I practice in New York, you practice in many states as well. Nearly every court, I believe, uses some form of the best interest of the child standard to figure out where it is the child should be residing. And that, it, that standard takes a different form when you're talking about, like you said, petty and acrimonious nature of, of the disagreement between the parties. And judges will look to uh, if it's a guardian ad litem for the children or, or an attorney assigned to the child, the judge will look to them to determine, well, how important is whatever this disagreement is? And like you said, there are many attorneys out there who will just take everything they can find and sling it against the wall. Yep. But you're not going, it isn't a an equation where one plus one plus one plus one will all of a sudden equal four. And then if we get to a certain amount, then the scale tips in our favor. If every single complaint is a very minor one, and that's why you have to listen to your attorneys who have experience in this and can tell you the difference between what's a minor complaint and a medium and a major complaint. If all you have are a series of minor complaints, then a judge is going to look at that and say, well, you're not looking at the bigger picture, and you're not focusing on what's important, which is the child who has said loves both parents and wants to reside with both parents. So we don't have a situation where one parent is demonstrably dangerous to the child, and a court is not going to disrupt that sort of familial relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's not to demean or diminish what parents think is irrelevant, important. And obviously we don't live in their shoes and we don't see what's happening. Uh, it is about impact and effect on the court. They're the judge, they're the jury, they're making the decisions. And that's why strategy is so important. And let's air it out in, in, you know, in our room and let's decide in priority what's going to be important as we think about it. But also what needs to be weighed is the arguments that you make, the complaints that you have when you're trying to get to the best interest standard does it have an effect on the kids? You know, is there, are they exposed to this case? Are they exposed to the arguments that you're making, the positions that you're taking? Because the court's going to look at that as well, because I, you know, I know you have, and I have been in many cases where 
client wants to involve the kids substantially. They want them to testify. They want them to see the judge. And that's a big, bold move. It's like drug testing. I always say, oh, I want to drug test the other party. Well, okay. Um, if I drug test you today, what's that going to show? Because be prepared for it, right? Well, well, that's not relevant. Well, it is. I'm just telling you, I know what the judge is going to do. So you can test positive and she can be negative, And now your case is upside down. So I've said this from the beginning, and we'll get back to the idea of its impact, is that every action has a reaction or an effect. So we have to be careful of what we do, and because the court is going to take into consideration the effect of your arguments, the effect of your actions, the positions of your strategy on the kids, right? Right. And, and that's one of the major things that, that I've seen in my practice uh, that judges want to, to take the most note of, and it's who is involving the child in this action and what effects that has on the child. And even if, even if you can bring enough to the table that might swing something and it might convince a judge, you still have the fallout of having brought all of that up and having brought the child into this action who now knows everything. And what effect is that going to have on the familial relationship going forward? Even if it's just your relationship with the child who now knows that you did everything you possibly could to get mom out of the picture, that's going to cause resentment. And it's yeah. one of the things that I, I stress the most when I speak with my clients, which is we can follow whatever path you choose, but we need to know where that path is ending before we start walking. Yeah, it, it, no doubt. I mean, the, the nature of custody battles in and of themselves, it's contentious, it's dirty, it's ugly, it's, it's hard, uh, but it lends itself. And, and this is kind of my point is the podcast on the top of we're talking about, I, I'm not suggesting or discouraging you know, clients from airing this because it may be relevant. I think what it comes down to is let's be aware of its impact. Let's be aware of what we're going to do and let's prioritize our, our arguments to make sure that they have maximum impact. Uh, I always try to come up with the, uh, examples. It's, you know, you think about, you know, war and Ukraine, okay, you can drop a, a tiny little bomb for effect. And really, what is that going to do? Is it going to, you know, or you can drop the Moab, the mother of all bombs. Right. And so that, that's what you were trying to do, get maximum impact you can send 10 little bitty ones or one giant one. And it's really about kind of making that analysis. So it's not about discouraging clients from thinking about this. It's let's really walk through each one. So uh, obviously here at Cordell and Cordell, it's one of those things where we unapologetically step on toes. And that is, hey, if we've got it, we're going to present it. Um, but know this, it lends itself to parental alienation. It's something we haven't really talked about a lot. And we need to do that in a podcast. And that is, so example, our client decides to say something negative about mom and, and it's truthful. It's, you know, she drinks a lot. She gambles, she goes out, she's adultery. She's, a, you know, verbally abusive to the kids. So what's going to happen? She's going to tell the kids that. Mm-hmm. Well, dad's trying to tear you away from me, trying to paint a picture. So as we suggest is that these custody battles involve kids and let's not to say we shouldn't raise it just because of her continued actions, about parental alienation. But again, it's one of those things that let's talk through that. If we have the expectations of what the possibilities are because of what we choose to do, I think that makes our arguments and our strategy that much better. It does. And it's one of those things that I think the continued expansion of communication has changed over the course of of years in, in the legal practice. Now we all 
it's, it's part of our policy and I'm sure other attorneys do it as well. We copy our clients on every email we send out and everything that we receive, they get a copy of it. So now the parties know exactly what the attorneys are discussing. And so if I am advised by my client, oh, I want you to bring up X, Y, Z, I'll do that and that's fine. But my client has to know that's not going just to the attorney. That's going to the attorney and the other party. And now we have to consider, is the other party going to then relay that message to the child? And if the child is old enough to understand what we're talking about, how is the fact that we're saying this and it's going to be relayed to the child, how is that going to affect the child? And these are all practical considerations that are extra legal, right? We don't, these aren't generally legal considerations that we have, but they're outside of the actual action and something that we do have to consider and make sure that the client is aware of before we even start having the conversations with opposing counsel. Yeah, it is. It's, I think it's such a great topic. Today's is one where you know, typically we'll talk about strategy and particularity as it relates to law, but this idea that custody, there's never really winners and what, what does that mean and what, is that, and what effect does that have? And I think that's what I think it's why it's so great is you know, you're listening here. It's have a consultation, a conversation with an attorney who talks about this. If they're not talking about this and they're just taking whatever you say as gospel and let's just see what happens. I think they're doing you a disservice because I think it's like I said, it's not to say we won't do it. It's to say, let's make as long as you are fully informed. And that's why we do these podcasts. And that is it's like uh, if I have cancer, I want to know everything about that cancer. And they're going to propose to me four different things of treatment. Ultimately, it's my choice. As long as I'm fully informed and I know the risks associated with the actions I'm going to take, I'm good with it. And that's kind of where we take that approach. And I think that's why we have more. I think this is such a good topic to have talked about. So anyway, Daniel, thank you. Great topic. Great information. I appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. More stuff just like this on podcasts we've done and coming up. And if you haven't attended one of our virtual town halls, and if you don't know what that is, go to CordellCordell.com. You can even go to the YouTube channel, watch some of the virtual town halls. We have one coming up here in the middle of August, uh, which is you've got questions, we have answers. So you have an opportunity to log in, log on, ask questions live of a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. And just get answers right there. Not legal advice, but actually get you in the right direction. We know that even listening to this podcast, you have a lot of questions. So we want to make this interactive. It'll be live, 30 minutes. Check us out. You just need to register. It's free. You can go online at CordellCordell.com. Virtual town hall coming up in August. I know you have plenty of those questions. So bring them with you. You can submit them anonymously just in a chat box. And we're going to toss it to one of the panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. You can watch the other virtual town halls that we've been doing for the last two and a half years over on our YouTube channel. Go to our website, CordellCordell.com. Give us a call, 866-TADS-LAW, or schedule a consultation right there online. And you don't even have to pick up the phone. We can do it via Zoom, phone, or in person, whatever is appropriate for you. So thanks for joining. Keep tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, have a great week.